What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Financial Residency Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Inman, and super excited to have you all here with me today. I know I say that all the time, but I really am excited that you're here wanting to learn about personal finance, to increase your financial acumen, take control over your finances, all that great stuff. Now, before we get too far into it, I want to make sure we give out our disclaimer so everyone knows we're on the same page because I don't think you should be taking advice from anyone on the internet, listening, reading books, whatever it is. Look at everything as entertainment purposes only for educational purposes only. This is not specific financial planning, investment advice, anything like that. Make sure that if you're going to make any big money decisions that you check it through with someone who understands your personal financial situation, like your CPA, your attorney, or your fee-only financial planner. And if you don't have a fee-only financial planner, we would be honored to work with you at Physician Wealth Services. We are fee-only financial planners that work with physicians all across the country. Now, we are going to be discussing all about life insurance and specifically whole life insurance because for some weird reason, we have seen a lot of whole life being sold to physicians more than usual with clients that we have really just started working with. And I'm seeing this upward trend of whole life policies. So I want to get out in front of this from the podcast and hit the four or 5,000 of you that listen to the show and talk about the lies that you're being told around whole life insurance, why you're being sold it, really what it is, kind of just doing a big whole life show. I know it's not the most sexy and entertaining of topics, but this topic could likely save you tens of thousands of dollars over your financial lives, maybe even more. So I think it's really important. All right, so jumping in here. Now, buying insurance is really like hedging your bets against the gamble of life. Something goes wrong, purchasing insurance policy is how you're going to keep those little mishaps from turning into like massive, huge problems and headaches. Let's break it down really quick. If you had an automobile accident, driving your car, you get injured, your car and medical insurance that you've been paying for to, you know, exist to soften that financial blow. But life insurance is a little different because it doesn't really exist to benefit you. There's really, it's going to be there to help your loved ones make sure that they're financially protected in the case of your death, right? Your beneficiaries, people who benefit from your income, which could lead some of you who are really well-meaning to purchase the wrong policy out of either guilt or fear. Now, life insurance salesmen and women make a living off pressuring others to buy these products off of emotions and really it's to their favor. And the reason is because they're trained with millions of dollars that the insurance companies put into their sales programs to really work through what your fears are, your emotions, and to make sure that they basically get you from A to Z and Z always points to buying insurance from them. Now, remember, insurance agents do not have to act in your best interest because they do not have a fiduciary duty to you. Now, there are always going to be some bad actors in every industry. And there's some really good people in every industry. And I feel like I have really allowed several of the great people that I think are in the industry to either be on the show or to be a sponsor of the show or of financial residency, because I think they're doing a really good job at what they do. We've ran hundreds of policies through them. They are our backstop if we see something very complex that we typically don't deal with all day, every day, like they do in terms of either unwinding it or just working through some recommendations. So 
if you do have a whole life policy or if you need disability coverage or term coverage, highly recommend you reach out to Michael Relvis with MR Insurance. Michael is the sponsor of today's show. And I know that Michael will help take care of you and your needs. And you can reach out to Michael by going to financialresidency.com slash MR Insurance. The link will also be in the description of this show here. Now, most of the medical professionals that are out there listening, right, we're talking mostly to physicians, but I know there are some that are dentists and uh, PAs and some other people that listen, which is awesome, by the way, even though this is really highly targeted for physicians. And speaking of targeted, that is mostly what insurance agents are going to do to all of you is target you because they know that you have high income earning potential, that you have financially low acumen, right? You never have been really exposed to this during all of your training and you're likely to go along with how they would eventually, and there's whole sales cycles of how they talk to physicians. Well, let me back up for a second before I go just on my soapbox here, just destroying insurance people, because there again are some good people in this industry. They're just few and far between, let's say that. But let's go with what actually is whole life insurance, right? Whole life insurance covers you for your entire life. I talk a lot about term insurance, which is very different because it covers you for a specific period of time or a term, let's say 20 years. If you were to die within the 20 years, your policy would be paid out. If you died on the 25th year, you likely didn't have extended that coverage. Your policy would not count. Your policy is actually void. It's gone. You didn't renew it. And so when we look at whole life coverage, this is literally designed to last until you pass away. Now, it also comes with an added investment component. The insurance company will invest part of the premium, which is what you're paying in every month or quarter or year, so they can earn interest while you pay for the policy. Some policies even have it where you can borrow against that invested part, which is known as the cash value. And that is one reason why policies are so expensive is because now you're paying for the premium or the luxury to be able to borrow your own money that you've paid in that the insurance company has been in turn investing itself. Now, whole life, the investment returns are pretty low. The return on investment is really you're actually it's the lowest in the first seven to 10 years of the policy, because if you try to cash out or close or get rid of your policy early on, you're going to get less than what you paid in, aka you're going to take a loss. So if you've paid $10,000 in, the cash value might only be worth $2,000 or less sometimes, maybe more. The longer you go on, the more that you've paid in, the closer you get to break even. And maybe around that seven to 10 year mark, every policy is different. They're very complex. These are not just a two page document. This is potentially hundreds of pages long, but When you get to that seven to 10 year mark, depending on your policy, that is when you will potentially break even. Meaning if you paid $10,000 in, you actually have $10,000 of cash value sitting there. Now, whole life insurance is usually two, if not more times the cost of term insurance because the insurance company is taking really a large risk in providing you coverage for your entire life. The likelihood of someone dying within 20 years, let's say at a 20 year policy again, dying within that coverage is in effect small. So the premiums are pretty cheap. But if you keep the whole life policy for your entire life, the insurance company knows that no matter what, when you pass away, they will have to pay money. So that is one of the reasons. There's lots of reasons, but that is one of the reasons why it's pretty expensive. 
I mentioned something called cash value and insurance agents really promote the heck out of whole life, partly because of the cash value and there's lots of benefits to it. And so they'll make sure that they emphasize what those benefits are. And it, of course, those will be added to the total benefit when you pass away. But you can borrow against the policy's cash value to use for debt consolidation or home renovations. Sometimes it's pitched and sold as for your child's wedding or for their 529, the equivalent of their 529s, which they're not telling you to buy those They're tell, or invest in those. They're telling you to buy whole life coverage to pay for your kids' colleges. Now, the cash value can be invested but it is very different than the investing that you are thinking when you go to invest money on your own. The average return, and there's some data out there, but the average return is around three to 4% on the cash value portion in your whole life policy. The S&P 500 over the last 100 plus years averages about 10%, but I like using 7% in my example. So I think it gives a more realistic expectation of what you might earn in the markets because you're not likely invested in a hundred percent stock. Now, if you had a million dollars of term coverage and you had a million dollars of whole life coverage, I'm going to use small numbers. These numbers are usually much larger, but I'm going to use small numbers just to relate the point. It might do you a little bit of disservice because it doesn't seem like it's that much, but I want to illustrate the point versus shock and awe and scaring you with numbers. So if you had a term policy, let's say the policy had a $50 a month premium and let's say you had a whole life policy and it was only two times more expensive at $100 a month of premium and you invested the difference, right? That $50 a month, the difference would be that after 30 years, you would actually have $60,000 invested versus $35,000 in potential cash value left in that whole life policy. Now, yes, you would still have the million dollar piece of coverage that is the insurance portion of this that you're going to continue to pay for. But at the time that if we look at it 30 years from now, you should be financially independent. You should be retired or nearing retirement and have literally zero need for insurance because you are self-insured, right? You're not going to need coverage, life insurance coverage when you're 85 years old right? Your mortgage is going to be paid off. Your kids are going to be adults. You're going to be living off the different paycheck that you have, which will be your actual assets. You don't have any income that needs to be replaced, right? So if we think about this from a very stripped down version, this insurance products, term and whole life are sold to basically protect your beneficiaries if your income was to go away right? But if you're retired, 65, 75, 85, whatever it may be, and your income that doesn't need to replace because you have enough assets to generate an income for you, your assets in theory will actually create its own paycheck, the need for insurance will go away. So if we just took this very basic example and said, well, I had coverage for insurance using term for the length that I actually needed, and it cost me $50. And as opposed to then turn around and giving the other 50, the insurance company to saddle this all up with fees and then eventually invest in. Eventually through 30 years, that whole $50 a month has been sitting in this whole life policy. If you just invested the difference, which some of you won't, I wish you did, but if some of you won't, but if you just invested, the difference is almost double than what it would be sitting in that whole life policy. And again, I can hear some of you going, well, there's still that million dollars coverage. Yes. But why would you pay for something that you do not need? 
right? And this comes back to why are you actually being sold this crap in the first place, right? So insurance agents who typically sell whole life make most of their money through commissions. Now, that's usually based on a percentage of the total premium that you're paying. An average life insurance who sells whole life will earn anywhere between 80 to 100%, potentially even higher, of the first year's premium as their commission for selling you this product. The more insurance that they sell, like their higher ranking agents, they can sometimes earn a portion of the premium or it scales up even higher for later years. Then they can earn a trail on what you end up paying in year after year. So if you were to pay $5,000 a year for a whole life policy, the agent selling you this policy is going to earn anywhere between four and $5,000 for that year. Now, again, using a small number, and this might be a very big disservice to you because we have had clients come in that are paying four, five, $6,000 a month into these whole life policies. Now, some of you might have just went, did he say a month? Yes, I said a month, $6,000 a month into these whole life policies because they are sold this by telling this person that they trusted that this should be their only investment, that they should be ignoring other things like the TSP or their 401ks at work or 403bs at work or their IRAs. Every dollar should be invested in these things. We are seeing this stuff. I'm not making this stuff up. So if you think about it, the person that is paying $6,000 a month was sold basically for $72,000 a year of annual premium. If we were to take that and just say that the agent earned 80% of that, they earned $58,000 by selling that policy to this person. If we just step back for a second, because those are some big numbers and those are very real numbers, right? So if someone made 58,000, let's call it $50,000 selling this product, how could they ever be aligned with your best interests, right? They only have to find, honestly, four suckers a year to make $200,000, four people, and they make doctor money. And then every year, they potentially can earn a trail. And that trail could be as low as 2%. It could be as high as like 6% or 7%. Again, it depends on the company, the product. There's all sorts of things that can factor in and how much they sell. But then if you think, okay, well, they're literally paying $72,000 a year. And if they make a 4% trail, they're making $6,000 a year for you making the premiums on this whole life. Of course, they're going to be incentivized to sell you more. and honestly, to sell more people more and to talk really highly of it. That's why when you look on the internet and you start looking at whole life insurance and all is either extremely positive or extremely negative. If you look at the ones who are talking extremely positive on it, likely they sell it. And the ones who are talking negative on it probably have no financial interest in it and are telling you everything that they've uncovered when they either got screwed and bought it themselves and unwinded it or are preventing you from making the mistakes that they made or maybe their peers have made, right? Most life insurance agents, they rely solely on this commission to earn a living, like waiters in a restaurant who get the bulk of their income from tips. But unfortunately, insurance agents are not required to disclose how much money they will actually make. And worse, some even call themselves financial planners or advisors or financial representatives, or even pretending to act like they're objective at all. They have no obligation no fiduciary obligation like a financial planner. They have no obligation to you at all to do what's in your best interest. They all can only require to sell products, even if their sales pitch sounds like they're full of concern for your financial health. Honestly, it's a bunch of crap. 
And unfortunately, this is what's actually being pitched to a lot of you in residency and in fellowship or as a new early career attendee. And it is really, really unfortunate that many of these agents will use your emotions to basically use it against you to buy policies that you don't need. And I wouldn't call it necessarily a scam, but it's pretty close to it when they use those emotions against you to protect your family. Well, why wouldn't you want to protect your family? Well, there's other products out there that can do that and save you some money at the same time. So some of the most common lies that I'm told, and I'm getting to this, yeah, after like 15 or whatever minutes this is, because I wanted to give some background, but they basically tell you, hey, whole life is the best way to ensure that you have permanent death benefit. It's like, well, no, that's actually not the case. You've got guaranteed universal life. That's a much cheaper option than whole life insurance. That also then would argue like, well, maybe you don't actually need permanent death benefit and you're better off with term insurance, which is what we likely find as we go through this pretty much every time working with hundreds of physicians all across the country. But let's say that you truly, really wanted a permanent death benefit. Look at guaranteed universal life because it is much, much cheaper than its whole life, quote unquote, equivalent. But they make a lot less money selling that, a fraction of that. So, of course, they're going to recommend the thing that is going to line their pockets with the most money. Another lie that I hear a lot is that it's going to give you access to all these great investment options. Newsflash, it doesn't. Honestly, most of them are crap. The insurance companies are investing in the same investments that you're going to have access to or worse investment options than you were to invest, let's say, outside of the whole life policy. So even if we said it's the same, you can still do this outside the policy. It doesn't give you any magic pill. There's no, oh, you're going to make so much more money inside these. And oftentimes, riddled with the fees and the returns are going to be lower. Now, I've heard that another lie, let's call it, is that it's an asset class and it helps you diversify your income. No, it is not an asset class at all, right? It, and it doesn't help you diversify your investments at all. Insurance is insurance. Investments are investments. Never mix the two. If you take anything out of this entire episode, take that out and I'm going to say it again. Insurance is insurance. Investments are investments. Never mix the two. Now, another lie that we hear is that whole life insurance is protected from your creditors. Well, that's slightly true. It's not completely true in every state. And now this is where it gets a little nuanced, but not every state has the same rules. In fact, pretty much all states don't have the same rules. And your investment accounts or your retirement accounts are, I should say, are going to honestly provide better shelter from creditors than your whole life insurance policy. But again, this is up to the states. So let's call this a little lie versus one of these blatantly obvious, horrible, disgusting lies. We just actually had a client come in that was sold whole life insurance and it was because it was actually going to be needed to pay for estate taxes. And I thought that was really interesting because one, I don't think most doctors are actually going to pay estate taxes. And even if you're at risk for paying these taxes, there are way better ways to plan for paying for them. Now, if you said all my investments are tied into extremely illiquid things. Like I own my own practice and everything we do goes back into reinvesting back into this. I can think of an example here would be we own a thousand acres of farmland and all my money is going into 
buying all this equipment and to acquiring more land, but we have very little cash on hand that otherwise then just is paying ourselves and paying our help, but everything else goes back into our cash. And oh, by the way, it's worth $25 million. Okay. There might be a need there for more permanent coverage because you might have estate taxes that would come into effect. But I would then argue that there's probably other ways to actually save for those than to have whole life coverage. So I tried to relate it back and I even still can't off the top of my head here really give you a good example on how it would apply to a physician because in all honesty, most doctors won't actually pay estate taxes. Another lie, I think I'm up to number five or six at this point, but whole life insurance will help you with paying for your kids' college expenses. I hear this one a ton. I could have probably started this one. Now, I typically prefer to say that 529s are better off to save for your kids' colleges than any other type of product or account that is out there. There's usually state benefits, tax benefits when you do it. Not every state, of course, has it. So I'm in California. We do not get a tax deduction on our state taxes by investing in, let's say, California's 529 plan, which is why I've elected to not use California's plan and actually use Utah's My 529 plan. And I go through the software called College Backer, which is just a really unique, cool way to have others help you save for your kids' colleges. They actually give $25 sign-up bonus for anyone who goes through Financial Residency's link, which is not monetized by me. And that's financialresidency.com slash collegebacker. And as an example, you can, and I'm not saying to go put money in my kids' 529s by any means, but if you want to just see what the landing page looks like, you can go to collegebacker.com slash Wyatt, W-Y-A-T, that's my son. And you can see what it would look like if someone was to go through and basically try to put money into those accounts. So it really helps you crowdsource, crowdfund between friends and family to help pay for college. But even without something like that, we typically will say 529 plans are pretty much the go-to for save for your college's stuff. Now, they might be pitching you whole life insurance to fund for your college, your kids' college expenses. And the whole life insurance assets are kept off of the FAFSA. So they technically are kept off there. So that is is good. But let's be honest, the children of physicians aren't likely to be able to qualify for any financial aid. So this benefit for whole life insurance likely will not apply to you. One of the most painful lies I will say that we hear a lot are your peer or Bobby or Jane or whoever just purchased whole life insurance from us and they're loving it. No, that's likely not true. And if we look at the statistics on this stuff, it's like more than 70% of anyone who's purchased a whole life policy later regretted it and canceled it and probably lost a good deal of money. Doesn't actually tell me how much I just saw the statistic, but it didn't actually tell me like how many probably billions at this point that people have lost to this type of product. But I can tell you right now, it's likely not true that your peers really like the policy and that they're enjoying it and they're loving it. One, they probably didn't understand what they bought. And two, we just look at who actually surrendered their policies. More than 70% surrendered it. That doesn't seem like a lot of people love what they just bought. The last one, and this one was actually sold a lot when we were kids, right? And I'm maybe dating myself here a little bit, but when our parents were sold this stuff, because whole life's been around for a very, very long time. But, and this was actually sold probably door to door. It was someone knocking on the door and convincing our parents that they should buy policies on us. But when you buy a whole life policy on your children, 
you shouldn't do that. Your children likely don't have an income that needs to be replacing. They don't have anyone that relies on them financially. And hopefully they're going to outlive you. There's no reason to have a whole life policy on your children. But it's often sold to put a whole life policy on your children. It is not needed. So why don't doctors need whole life policies? Well, one, the obvious that I just told you in the very beginning here is that by the time that you look at you're going to be retiring and your need of that insurance is going to diminish, you will not need to have whole life coverage. You will not need insurance coverage for your entire life. You don't need an insurance company to take care of you for your entire life. You will be financially independent if you just do the right things and don't blow your stuff up. The goal of insurance is to cover your family's expenses in the event of your death, right? Again, insurance is insurance. Investments are investments. Don't mix the two. People who are married, have children, their own home. They need life insurance to protect the family if they were to pass away early. Right? A life insurance policy will provide enough money to replace their income a few years and handle out any outstanding debts. That's why single people with no dependents really don't need life insurance coverage. No one is relying on their income. So the life insurance policy only really needs to last as long as there is significant financial obligations that the remaining significant other couldn't handle by themselves. So if you earn $200,000 a year, you have a $400,000 mortgage and you're married to someone who either doesn't have an income or makes, let's call it $45,000 a year, your insurance policy would prevent your partner from having to sell the house in the event of your death. Now, the chances are if you're a doctor and you're reasonably responsible, you're not going to need insurance when you're 85. Like I said, your mortgage will be paid off. Kids are going to be adults and you're going to be living off your retirement income. And that's really the crux of why you don't need whole life policies. By the time you're 70 and retired, you're not going to have debts. You're not going to really need insurance, period. Now, I'm sure you've gathered by now, I'm not a fan of whole life insurance. And buying insurance is not the most transparent process, even when you're buying term insurance, which is what you need. And I want to end this here in the last, I don't know, few minutes, however long this takes me to get through and to talk through and to make sure that you guys fully are on the same page, right? But you need term coverage. And I do not believe, I do not believe that most physicians, if any physicians actually need whole life coverage, but to understand that the insurance industry is set up on what's called an agency system. And that is means that it's designed that someone must must, I want to emphasize that, be paid a commission. And that's why fee-only advisors like myself, we can't transact an insurance, right? We couldn't get the commissions from it. Therefore, I can't sell it. We don't sell any products anyway. But if we were to, it would completely violate the whole fee-only concept because we would earn a commission. And if insurance is designed in this agency system where a commission must be paid out, you will never find a fee-only financial planner that transacts in insurance. The agency system is a framework where the agent is responsible for, let's say, a geographic territory. And an insurance is transacted through that agent, not through the home office. So let's think about that for a second. If you had car insurance, let's say it's through State Farm, right? You see State Farm offices everywhere. But when you call State Farm, you're not calling the main corporate headquarters when you've got a question on your coverage or if you've been in an accident, there isn't anyone there to pick it up. And if they do, they're just going to dispatch you to the closest agent in your proximity so they can handle the quote unquote customer service side. Now, not only does that sound pretty antiquated, 
Most insurance companies are built on super archaic systems that run on DOS. Yes, DOS. Some of you, probably most of you are like, what the hell is DOS? That is before Windows, my friends. Like it is super, super old computer software. And I'm not just talking like small companies. State Farm literally uses DOS for everything. So they can't turn off commissions and the and they use DOS. I mean, it's just comical at this point. But the buyer of the insurance, right, you and I, will have to pay inflated premiums for all the insurance needs that go along with the customer service side because there's agents that have to be paid those commissions. And that's the important connection I want you to make just with general insurance altogether because if insurance agents didn't actually have commissions, it would low, automatically lower the premium that we all pay for the same amount of coverage. Now, I want you to picture something because unfortunately, a lot of you, this is how you're actually sold this. You're going to go out and you're going to say, okay, Ryan said I needed some term insurance, done my due diligence. That makes sense. I'm going to go off. I'm going to buy some term coverage. And you didn't buy it through someone that we've really worked with and vetted and everything. You buy it just some random person. I don't even care who for the example here. And everything's been going fine for a few years. And randomly that agent calls you up and they say, hey, Jane, Bob, whatever, or we've been looking over your insurance needs. And I think it's time for us to have a meeting because you should either A, increase your coverage, or we might want to convert some of that term into a, a more permanent insurance. That could be whole life, uh, variable life insurance. Now, have you ever wondered why you received that call? Because I know many of you have received that call are very similar. And the reason is because they want you to pitch you from taking the term coverage, which is the good coverage, to the permanent life insurance option. And that's because when they sold you term insurance, they earned the commission up front in that year. Because remember, they have to be paid a commission because it's built on this archaic system. And that's okay. You needed term coverage. They helped transact it. That's, it is what it is. But there's usually no trails in term insurance coverage. If so, it's very, very tiny amount of money. There's a lot of money in permanent insurance. We've already talked about that and what those trails could look like. So you probably have been overpaying for the term coverage if you bought it through someone who often transacts in whole life because they've put a rider on your policy that basically allows you to convert part of it from term to permanent insurance. And for that luxury, that ability to modify this, that rider had cost you money. So this whole time you've been paying a little bit more than you should have in the first place. But now if they can convert some of your term to permanent insurance, they are going to get paid because that is now them selling one of those whole life policies or permanent insurance policies. Now, there's really, again, nothing in it for the agent that is transacted in term insurance after year one because they rarely receive the trail on those. But if they convert it, they will not only make the commission at the time of conversion, whatever they converted that to, and they will also make the trail on those policies. So I gave you a lot of background because I wanted you to understand the connections between how they have to earn commissions. And sometimes it's good to pay that commission. And sometimes it's bad to pay those commissions. So I guess I need to also then tell you, how do you get the best price for the term insurance coverage? Right? Because I kind of gave you a carrot into this. And I know this isn't exactly the lies we're told about it, but I think it's going to be helpful that you understand also that we, I want you to be very careful in how you get quotes. Because sometimes these agents They'll quote you for a specific class. Let's call it preferred plus or ultra preferred. All these companies, by the way, have some different phrasing or what they call it and title it. And so you're going to see these like low teaser rates when comparing 
uh, quotes. And let's say maybe to even a different asset class or a different class like preferred. So there's a very big difference between preferred plus and preferred. And I think it's super common when, when clients bring in these quotes, to me at least it's super common, that they were quoted different as, different classes, but really weren't told that they were different. So the example would be like, they were quoted preferred plus in a 15-year term, and then they were quoted preferred on a 20-year term or preferred on a 25-year term or some variation of that. And by mixing the two, they showed you this teaser rate to quote-unquote beat the competitors. as Because they know you're shopping around. They know that you're going to go to three or four people and quote this stuff out, which is slightly silly to do that because they're all pulling from the same systems and selling really the same product. Now, maybe I'm being a little pessimistic, but I highly doubt they're doing this by accident because over the many years I've been doing this, I've seen enough time that they all can't be making the same mistake to show you a preferred plus and a preferred at the same time. And really what they want you to do is they want you to get into underwriting because they know that when you come out with a higher quote, they will still sell you that policy on the back end because it's called underwriting fatigue. You've gone through the medical exam. You've gone through the blood work. You're so far along the process. They know you're not going to want to go do another application with another agent because of the underwriting fatigue. So make sure you are very confident in the person, the agent or broker, the independent person that you're working with. So you don't experience this underwriting fatigue. So you don't get taken advantage of and feel like you're quote unquote, too far in the process. So like I said, the only financial planners, we can't transact an insurance. Now we help all of our clients at Physician Well Services get to the appropriate coverage. We filled the quotes. We actually analyze them. We'd say, hey, based on the 10 quotes we see, here's the best quote that we like. Now, you know, we get you that two yard line. Now it's up to you to go and execute that and work through and you do your exams. And there's a lot of HIPAA stuff. So we can't actually help you through the whole process, right? And that's actually someone else's entire business, but we're going to get you really, really close. But for those of you that don't work with us, you need to trust the right person. And that's just back to the sponsor of this show today is Michael Relvis. And I highly, highly recommend Michael because Michael, one, is a great guy. We've ran hundreds of quotes through Michael. He's helped us with lots of difficult cases that we've brought to him over the years. And I know that he will do the right thing. And he doesn't really pitch and sell this whole life stuff that I just literally walked through all of this in today's show. So I highly encourage you that if you do not have term insurance, or especially right now, by the end of this year, if you are a female, and you do not have disability coverage, unisex rates are going away for principal. And I've talked about it a few times on the show, we've actually had a whole show talking about unisex or gender neutral rates. All that stuff is going away by the end of 2020. So if you're listening to this in 2021 and beyond, I'm sorry, I can't help you there. But if you're sitting here, sitting on the sidelines going, well, I know I need coverage. I'll do it someday. And you're a female physician. Someday is now today. You need to get that coverage in place. Otherwise, you're going to pay probably 30 or 40% more for the literally the same policy because those gender neutral rates are going away. So you can reach out to Michael. Michael's link will be in the show, in the description of the show here, but you can also go to financialresidency.com slash insurance. Reach out to Michael. I know that he'd be happy to help you out and he is a great option for navigating what I think is a gigantic minefield of insurance agents and insurance companies because honestly, there's a lot of hidden fees. There's a lot of gotchas. There's a lot of shady people in this industry, in the finance industry altogether, but especially in insurance, finding a good one is actually hard to do. 
So I hope this was helpful for you guys. I know that there was a lot unpacked in the show, but I haven't really done a full whole life show of things that we've heard and just kind of the crap you're going to get pitched. I mentioned it a lot, but I don't really do a deep dive. And so I'm hoping this kind of gets you thinking like, hmm, we have this policy, probably not the best policy. Let me get it reviewed. You don't have to work with a financial planner. Go work with an independent agent like Michael and he'll help you out. Or if you were thinking maybe I should buy this or I've been pitched this, hopefully this gets you to change your mind and to understand that term insurance is incredibly useful as a product if you have those that are depending on your income. Those are your beneficiaries. If you're single and you're a resident and you're just trying to figure things out, you might not even need this coverage yet. Now, thinking ahead is always a good thing and understanding that the people coming and talking to you, offering you free financial advice or they'll do a free financial plan. Well, nothing in life is free. These people are not doing this because out of the goodness of their own hearts that they think, oh, physicians are amazing people, which you guys are, but we're going to do all this stuff for free. They're not. Nothing in life is free. And honestly, the way that I view my personal motto is if I get value out of something, I'm actually going to want to pay for that. Now, not everyone feels the same way, but just understanding that if someone is pitching you something for free, there's always hidden fees. There's always gotchas. There's always an ulterior motive. It's mind blowing to me that they can still get into your residency and your fellowship programs and still actually get access to you guys when you don't really understand all the pieces as it's going. And I think honestly, it's a giant disservice to you all, but the more you're involved, the more you understand, the more you listen to the podcast or read the books or read the blog or just get more financial knowledge. Don't act on it, right? Because remember, this is educational purposes only. But the more you understand and you dig through and you try to figure out how this works for your own finances, the more you're going to have your shield up to block yourself from all the crap you're about to be pitched. Insurance is just one of them. There's lots of investment options that are going to be pitched. People are going to want to borrow money, maybe even family. There's lots of things that come when you're a doctor or married into medicine that really only we experience and not many other industries or professions, I should say, experience those things. So make sure you got your guard up. Hopefully this was helpful. I love all of you. I appreciate all of you listening. Please share this show or other shows. Really want to get financial residency out into more physician households. I think the sooner we can get to people, the more we're going to be able to help them, the less this stuff actually exists. But for some weird reason, 2020, I've seen so much whole life insurance. It makes me disgusted and want to throw up, to be honest. I really don't want you guys buying this crap. And hopefully this is, you know, kind of the launching point to get you to dig in deeper and go, maybe I've bought the wrong thing or man, thank gosh, I didn't buy that because it honestly would have saved you tens of thousands, if not more over your lifetime. All right, everyone have a great week and I will see you on Friday. Cheers. This is for entertainment purposes only. Do not take this as investment advice. My dad is only a fiduciary for his clients. Have a great day. Bye.